Hello and welcome to the Interpretable Machine Learning Podcast. In this short first episode, I'd like to introduce myself, explain the motivation and idea behind this podcast, and at the end, I'll give a high-level overview of Interpretable Machine Learning. So I'm Neil Gibbons. I'm doing a master's in data science at Birkbeck University, and I've become especially interested in IML or interpretable machine learning over this past year and I'm currently writing my dissertation on the topic. There are many machine learning podcasts on the market which I enjoy listening to myself when out on walks or driving but there isn't that much content on interpretability uh, and there's no other podcast that I found that's dedicated to uh, IML So I'm starting this podcast as an attempt to create more of the type of content that I'd like to listen to. The basic goal is to talk to as many practitioners of IML as possible. IML is a very fast-growing research area uh, with many academics doing important work who I'd love to hear from. Equally, interpretability is a hot topic in industry, so it'd be fascinating to speak to the people leading this change. For this first episode, though, it'll just be me giving a brief introduction to IML. I'm still relatively new to the topic of IML, but that can actually be an advantage for this podcast, as I won't assume that much prior knowledge from my listeners. And something I've experienced at university is that sometimes the most basic and obvious questions are the best ones, although that remains to be seen. With that introduction complete, I'll move on to the main topic for today's episode. What is interpretable machine learning or IML? I'll give a definition and explain why IML is so important before moving on to give a few actual examples of IML in practice. So to give a one sentence answer, IML is an attempt to explain the predictions of a machine learning model in a way which is understandable for humans. In other words, helping humans to interpret what is going on inside a model and how it arrives at a particular decision, hence the term interpretable in interpretable machine learning. Perhaps a sceptical listener's first question would be, why does IML exist? What makes it so difficult to interpret ML models that a niche area of study is required? Well, Machine learning models are complex things with thousands or millions of parameters. It is beyond the abilities of any human brain to keep track of so much information. So it is necessary to create a range of methods to present and simplify what is going on inside a model. Otherwise, they end up being black boxes. A sceptical listener may still not be satisfied and may well ask, what is so bad with a black box? After all, human beings are black boxes. Most of the time, we have no idea what is happening inside someone's head, yet we trust them in high-consequence scenarios and situations all the time. A good example is an airline pilot. We aren't diving into their brains, measuring the activations of different neurons. Instead, we have them sit exams and fly hundreds of hours in simulators seeing that they don't crash. 
Could we do a similar thing with models and gain enough confidence in them through rigorous testing in order to put them into production with confidence? I would argue that the difference here is that we have the luxury of opening up a machine learning model without hurting it or violating a human right to the privacy of your own thoughts. And when we do this, a number of other important benefits also become apparent. First, perhaps the most important benefit of interpretability is developing trust with non-expert stakeholders. People are naturally afraid of the unknown and are uncomfortable with allowing something they do not fully understand to make important decisions. If you're able to produce a graph which presents very intuitively how a decision or prediction has been made, you're far more likely to be given a green light and be able to put your machine learning solution into production. Another common reason to look inside the black box is to comply with regulation. Many areas where machine learning models are used, companies have a legal obligation to explain their decisions. Especially since the EU's data protection laws came into force a few years ago, consumers often have a right to an explanation which companies must honour. An example is a bank which is deciding whether to grant a loan request. In many countries, consumers have a right to an explanation in the event that their loan request is turned down. A black box model cannot be used here. Only models which are sufficiently interpretable can produce the necessary explanation, which would be something like, your credit rating is too low, combined with the fact that you're too young to be granted this large loan. Looking inside the black box also helps to identify and avoid instances of bias. There have been a few high profile cases where models perpetuate biases which exist in the historical data they were trained on. One case was where Amazon used a model to screen job applicants for software development roles, but only trained using historical data where women were underrepresented. The model therefore learned to prioritize male candidates, not because they were more capable, but simply because they were better represented in the training data. The hope is that using IML techniques, it would be easier to identify and avoid these harmful errors. Yet another important benefit of IML is that knowing what goes on inside the black box may help to drive research forward in machine learning generally. With high quality feedback on a model's inner workings, an expert can build up a better intuition for how their models are working, what their shortcomings are, and what the possible solutions might be. Now that we've looked into why it is so important to interpret machine learning models, it's natural to ask, how is it done? How do we actually interpret machine learning models? IML is done in two main ways, which I'll call glass box and model agnostic. To create a glass box IML solution, you simply choose a model which is inherently interpretable. These are typically simple models which are very intuitive to understand. An example is linear regression, where you can read the weights associated with each parameter to understand how the model used each feature to arrive at a decision. Another glass box method is a decision tree where a human can easily trace down the tree and find all the rules 
used to make a particular prediction. The term glass box here makes a lot of sense. We are able to look in and directly observe what is happening inside these simple models. And this is in contrast to many other ML algorithms like neural networks or tree ensembles, which are black boxes. The second main group of IML methods are known as model agnostic. They can be used to produce interpretations of black box models. They generally work by feeding different inputs into the model and carefully noting how the output changes. A lot can be deduced about the inner workings of a black box in this way. A good indicative example of a model agnostic method is a partial dependence plot. It works by varying one feature while holding all others constant and monitoring how the predicted values change. So if we have a model predicting house price, we may vary a feature like square footage of property while holding all other variables the same. We record the house price at each square footage level, which helps us to form a graph. Along the x-axis, we have the square footage, and on the y-axis, we have the house price. We can now see how the model uses square footage to make predictions of house price. We would likely see that as square footage increases, so too does the predicted house price. Again, model agnostic is a revealing term for this method. It refers to the fact that these methods can produce an interpretation regardless of the model. The interpretability method is agnostic to the model it is presented with. To finish the episode, I thought it would be interesting to compare these two types of IML methods against each other, weighing up their strengths and weaknesses. The great advantage of model agnostic methods is that you can present them with almost any black box model and they will produce an interpretation. Meanwhile, glass box models are quite limited in their range of applications. They are generally quite simple models and so are only appropriate for simpler machine learning tasks. For many machine learning tasks on the cutting edge of computer vision or natural language processing, model agnostic methods are the only way to produce an interpretation of your model. However, model agnostic methods do come with a major downside, which is that they may not be fully reliable. Without directly observing what happens inside a model, as is done with glass box methods, you cannot be completely sure of what is happening. This can lead to a false sense of confidence in the explanations produced. Another related problem is that model agnostic methods may miss the full complexity of what is happening inside a model. With the partial dependence plot example from earlier, there are likely interactions between the features. Increasing square footage may have an effect on other variables used by the model like the number of bedrooms or whether the property has a garage. So it's not so simple to attribute the higher house price to an increase in square footage alone. To recap everything I talked about in this episode, I started by looking into why interpretable machine learning is necessary. The first key point was that IML is needed to build trust among non-experts and help smooth the adoption of machine learning. It's also necessary to help companies make use of machine learning while complying with right to explanation regulations. Also, very importantly, 
IML can help to prevent cases where models are used to make discriminatory and unfair decisions. Finally, IML can be useful to help researchers understand their models and even advance the state of the art in machine learning. I then gave some examples of what IML methods look like in practice. Specifically, I gave the examples of Glassbox and model agnostic IML methods. Some basic Glassbox, Glassbox models were linear regression and decision trees, while the model agnostic methods I looked at were partial dependence plots. To finish this introduction to IML, I looked at the strengths and weaknesses of Glassbox models versus model agnostic methods. The key points I found were that model agnostic methods are more versatile and appropriate for a wider range of tasks, but have an important limitation because unlike glass box models, we are only inferring what happens in the black box rather than directly observing. All that remains to be said now is thank you for listening. I will be back soon with more episodes, so please stay tuned.